All right, tonight I'm going to do something very different from what I'm used to doing because usually I'm telling you to open your Bible and turn to a passage, not tonight. So I'm in dangerous territory here. Tonight we return to this brief series on seven reasons why you need to read the Bible. You'd be really proud of me because I was gearing up to make this one a two-parter this tonight. It's like, man, I am really having a hard time keeping it concise because I've got so many resources and so many ideas about reading God's Word, but I'm going to try to keep it fairly tight, and, um, and we'll wrap up this idea tonight. Although, I really might come back with an eighth reason to read your Bible. Do you remember what I said last week? Because God's Word teaches you how to pray. We talked about that this morning. And we, it's so important that we know how to pray. Uh, we, we must pray according to God's will. But I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So I might. I don't know. We'll see. But we started this. I started this idea of seven reasons why you need to read God's Word because, uh, because standing firm in the Lord requires that we know God, that we know His Word. And demonstrating peace and adversity is going to require that we know God, that we know His Word. And from Philippians 4, 6, and 7 this morning, not being anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, taking your anxieties to the Lord in prayer with thanksgiving requires that you know the Lord, that you know His Word. And so I'm challenging you to be a reader of God's Word. And so I gave you seven reasons. If you weren't here for them and you've got internet access, go to the church website and listen to those two messages that encompass the seven reasons why you need to read the Bible. And if you don't have internet access and you want to listen to those, tell me and I'll put them on CD for you. I'd be happy to do that. Just say the word. I want to tell you this too. My intent is in challenging you to read the Bible is not to beat you up and not to discourage you because very often we're coming uh, to a topic like this with this, uh, oh, I realize I don't read the Bible as much as I should and the preacher is just going to make me feel guilty. And I want the Holy Spirit to make you feel guilty if that's necessary. But I'm not here to guilt trip you into shame on you for not reading your Bible. I want to encourage you because, because reading the Bible for yourself is completely attainable by everyone. Now, I, you might argue with that just quickly in your mind. You might say, well, what if, what if you can't read? Or what if you, you know, what if you have troubles with eyesight? Well, there's an audio Bible, and you can listen. I hope if you can, I hope you get hearing, right? You can, if you have hearing, you can hear God's Word read. And of course, we go all, all, down all kinds of rabbit trails with, with difficulties reading the Bible. But either the printed Word or the, or the Bible in audio, we are extremely blessed with incredible resources, and so I can confidently say, for the vast majority of God's people, the Bible is completely attainable. You can read God's Word for yourself. You can understand God's Word for yourself. God intends for you to understand His Word for yourself, and so I want to encourage you, not discourage you. Maybe you come tonight, and you've been hearing these messages and thinking, I know I need to read the Bible more than I do. I don't intend to guilt trip you, but I do intend to challenge you to see how important this is for your spiritual life. 
The Bible is a spiritual book. God will use it in a spiritual way in your life if you will submit to God's Word. And so I do want to challenge you, and I do want you to be encouraged that you can do this. You can read the Bible for yourself. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You need faith. You need to grow more in your faith. I need to grow more in my faith. And, and faith comes from hearing the Word and hearing through the Word of God. We need to read the Bible to grow in our faith, to grow in our knowledge of God, and that grows our faith. And we need to grow in our knowledge of His promises, and that grows our faith. We need to read the Bible to learn how to think biblically. And this is not an elective for believers in Jesus Christ. You absolutely must learn how to think biblically about everything. Everything in your life, you need to be able to... You you don't necessarily need to to be able to stand back and say, the Bible says this about that, but you need to, in terms of how you think and how you choose to honor God with your life, you need your mind trained so that when you make decisions, they're... They're decisions that are trained by the wisdom of God's Word and the desire of God for your life, His His will that He has clearly expressed to us in many ways in His Word. So tonight I want to give you pointers to a few resources. And these are not the only resources available. So I am just going to scratch the surface. This is why I struggle to keep this under a reasonable time tonight because I could go far and wide and deep with all kinds of resources, but my my intent is to challenge you to be a reader of God's Word. That's my main thing. We could talk about studying the Word, and that's not my intent tonight, to talk about studying the Bible. That's a, it's kind of another topic, because I think where you need to begin is with a conviction in your heart that you must read the Bible. Bible study will come. But, but you must be a reader of God's Word first, I think. I'm convinced. You must be devoted to reading the Bible for yourself. So I want to give you pointers to resources, and these are not, not all-encompassing. These are very basic, and these are, for anyone that's interested, there's always room to expand your reading of God's Word with lots of other resources, and I'm happy to help point you in the direction of other resources if you want them. Note, too, that I'm not dealing with studying the Bible. I noted that. But although I believe that as you read the Bible, you will be studying the Bible. You can't help but when you read words to wonder what they mean and to think about how they apply to your life. And that's, that's really studying the Bible. But I'm not getting deep into the weeds about how to study your Bible. I want to challenge you to read your Bible and kind of give you resources and suggestions in that area. So tonight I mostly want to deal with immersing yourself faithfully with the Bible, immersing your life, your mind with God's Word, reading it regularly, I would challenge you to, to, to make, the, make the commitment to read God's Word daily. You eat every day, right? Most of us eat every day. I've been known to fast from time to time, like take a, take a, a kind of like a, a short, like a one-day fast. That's not easy, right? You get hungry. You ought to hunger and thirst for God's Word so that you read it every day. So let's start here because I think this is an important part of immersing yourself in the Bible 
And I want to start with the subject of translations, the Bible translations. So for reading the Bible faithfully and understanding what you read, I suggest you get a translation of the Bible that you can easily read and understand, especially easily read and understand the words. You, you will come across some challenging issues and topics in the Bible that you may have a hard time wrapping your head around. But what I'm saying is, is you should choose a translation of the Bible that you can easily read, enjoy reading, and understand, by and large, the words that you're reading. Um, so here's some suggestions. If you find for you that reading is slow, if you are a slow reader, and, and I will admit I am a slow, slow reader, I have to back up and reread things a lot of times because I get to the end and go, I don't even I don't remember what I read. I, what, what, so I need to, I'm a slow reader and I have to back up a lot, and that might be you, or you might find it very difficult to read. Maybe, you, maybe you're not a super skilled reader. That's okay. If you can read, if you can put some words together, I would encourage you to start with, if that's you, if that describes you, or if you find it really hard to grasp and understand the words of the translation that you're reading, I would encourage you to get a copy of the NIV, the New International Version. In fact, John, right, there's, there's a bunch of NIVs on the shelf out here that we want you to take. In fact, I would even say this, if you, you may say, well, I'm, I'm a good reader and I, can, and I like the translation I have, I would suggest you even take an NIV anyway, because it's another good resource that will help you as you read God's Word, to read another translation from time to time. But if you're challenged by reading, take one of those NIVs. There's some brown ones and there's some black ones, I think, that are on the shelf there, and there's even more in the library. Take one of those. Please do not hesitate to do that. If you find that it's too hard to even read, then I noted it earlier, get an audio Bible. Get it on CD. Or if you have a, a smartphone, you can actually get a free app on your phone that will let you listen to almost every mainstream translation there is for free. And so you could listen to it in your car or listen to it at home. But if you want to get CDs and you need help with that, say something to me and I will help you get some CDs of the translation that you would like to listen to. Now, I recommend the NIV for, uh, for reasons when you're, when you're challenged with reading or challenged with understanding what you're reading. I start there because it's, it's really written at a, a fairly median uh, reading level. So it's pretty easy to understand and read. In fact, when, we, uh, when our kids were learning how to read, once they could read a sentence, we'd give them an NIV Bible because then they could generally read the whole Bible themselves, and we would encourage them to read their Bible. Uh, once they got a little bit older, we would graduate them to an English Standard Version because, uh, well, for reasons I'll, I'll mention here in a little bit. Uh, but I say NIV, I trust the NIV. I think it's a good translation. And uh, there are guys that I trust who say it's a good translation, so I'm not a, a heavy-duty theologian, but guys who are heavy-duty theologians, I trust them and I trust their scholarship about God's Word, and they say, yes, the NIV is a trustworthy version. There's some differences, and I'll talk about those a little bit. For one thing, you want to think about, um, for, uh, when it comes time to think about translations, there's a, a couple of things I'll talk about. So, what about the ESV? I mentioned that, that we would give it to our children as they got a little bit older, their early teen years, 
And uh, so what about the ESV, which I read out of and I'm preaching out of? I do recommend it highly. I think it is a very good translation. I preach from it, I read from it, and I recommend it. Why do I do that? Why? I recommend it for two reasons. For its readability and its accuracy of translation. Now, is the NIV inaccurate? Am I saying the NIV is inaccurate? Here's the difference. And I am speaking in layman's terms. Again, I'm not, I'm not a deep Bible scholar when it comes to these things, these things, but I've read about this a lot, and I've followed guys teaching who, who understand these things better than I do. But just in real simple terms, the New International Version is a translation of the original manuscripts that's translated in a phrase-by-phrase methodology. So when you come to when they would come to the Old Testament or the New Testament text, they would get the idea in the phrase and translate it into common lingo, common language. And it tends to be super easy to read because of that. The English Standard Version and some other versions I'm going to mention tonight are more translated along the word-for-word method. And that tends to be a more accurate way to translate the Bible. So uh, when I say the, the ESV is more accurate, I'm not trying to discredit the NIV. They're just different. The, the NIV is the phrase-by-phrase phrase translation, and that sometimes is not as accurate. When I, now, just you might be having red flags go off when I say not as accurate. When I say that, the mainstream translations that I'm going to recommend tonight are all completely trustworthy when it comes to the major doctrines of the Bible. We lose nothing in those translations, if they're, even if they're less accurate than the, than the ones that are translated word for word. They, they still protect the doctrines of the Scriptures. The, ma- the major doctrines are all intact. And so I'm confident to recommend the NIV if you want something that's real easy to read and get you going on your Bible reading journey. But if you want something that's a little more accurate and more word for word, I really like the ESV. And and here's the second reason for the readability of it. It is very readable, not as readable as the NIV, not as easy to read as the New International Version, but it's very easy to read. And I really like the, uh, the way they've translated. It's really helpful to understand what the scriptures are saying when you're reading the English Standard Version. Now, you might be wondering, what about the King James Version? Another good translation. The King James Version is a good translation, but I struggle with it because it's hard to understand. Now, you might argue, I grew up reading the King James. I grew up reciting the King James, memorizing the King James. And if you prefer the King James for that reason, then I say, read the King James. That's fine. I just don't often encourage people to start there if they're, if they're trying to start their journey reading the Bible because I want the, I want the Bible to step on your toes. I want the Holy Spirit to take the word and convict you with it. And sometimes when you, when you hit that old language in the King James, it just, doesn't, it just doesn't meet you where you need to be met because you're not understanding the words the way that God intended for you to understand them. In fact, uh, again, Bible scholars who get deeper into this stuff than I'll ever be able to get, uh, I learned from them that... In fact, the ESV and some other translations are probably more accurate than the King James because we've got older manuscripts that were were discovered after the King James was translated that we've been able to translate some of our newer versions with that have have helped us understand the Bible even better because um, of those older manuscripts discovered. And so some of those newer translations tend to be a little bit more accurate than the King James. And again, if, if you're going for accuracy, which we should be, 
We should really want to know what God's word says. That's important. So it's important to me. Now, let me tell you about the New American Standard Bible. You've heard of it? The New American, and I'm not talking about the American, there's two different. One's called the American Standard Bible. That's not it. The New American Standard Bible is a very good translation. It is also translated on a word-for-word basis from the original manuscripts. Um, I like the, the New American Standard Bible, and in fact, I use it in my study quite a bit, and you may have heard me quote the New American Standard Bible occasionally, but I tend not to read from it much or preach from it because it's a little bit, um, I'm, I'm really using a layman's term here, it's a little bit clunky. <laughs> it's a little bit wooden. I've heard it described that way. A little, a little rocky. So the word order is sometimes, the word order in the New American Standard Bible sometimes gravitates toward the original word order, which if you could if you took all the words of the Old Testament or New Testament from the original language and just translated them in the word order, it would make almost no sense to us. And so translators have to take those words and kind of arrange them in the English language so that we can understand them. And the New American Standard kind of has leaned a little bit more toward, not completely, but a little bit more toward the original word order. So it makes the, the meter of reading it a little, a little awkward sometimes. Now, there's... A, there's a bright light on the horizon, I think, for the New American Standard Bible. They're, uh, they're working on a complete, um, not a retranslation, but, but a complete update to it to kind of update the language to make it easier to understand. I've read uh, some of the New Testament that's already available online. They, I just saw an email last week. They just finished the rest of the Bible, and they expect to have it in print by Christmas. And I'm looking forward to getting a copy of it. They're going to call it, they're going to change the name of it from New American Standard Bible to the Legacy Standard Bible. And what I see I really like, and um, I may be able to more strongly recommend it as a, as a contender against the English Standard Version. Now, having said that, I choose to preach from the ESV for those two reasons I mentioned. Easy to read and a word-for-word translation that's really accurate. And yet, I don't want to uh, shackle myself to the ESV if something comes along that's, that's just as easy to read and even slightly more accurate. In fact, the New American Standard Bible tends to be a little bit more accurate word-for-word than the ESV does. But because it's harder to read, a little clunky, a little wooden, I tend not to gravitate toward. If that changes, I may decide to preach from the, the legacy standard Bible, but we will see. Because, I say this, because I want you to know what God's Word says. You don't need to know my opinion. That's one of the reasons I kind of uh, struggle a little bit with something like tonight. You're hearing a ton of my opinions tonight about the resources that are available. But when I'm teaching God's Word, I want you to know what God's Word says. I don't want you to necessarily think of or even care about what I think. I want you to think what God were, God's Word wants you to think. And so a really good translation is important. It's not something to take lightly. And when I'm encouraging you to read your Bible, I want you to be as close to the source, the original, as you can get. And those are some pointers for you. So um, you might wonder, did you, I didn't mention New King James. Um, New King James is fine. I tend not to recommend it. It's not quite as easy to read as the ESV, uh, but it's a, a fine and trustworthy translation. I mentioned the New American Standard Bible. There's a newer one called the CSB. Um, Christian Standard. Yeah, thanks. I just totally lost it. 
The, the original was the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB. You may have seen it before. The Christian Standard Bible is very good. I have copies of that, and I really like it a lot. It's actually probably closer to the NIV and easy to read, and a very good word-for-word translation, but it's, they kind of take up some of the phrase-by-phrase translation method. Uh, so, uh, But the, to me, I feel like the main translations to deal with are the NIV, the ESV, the New American Standard. If you prefer the King James or the New King James, that's fine. Those are good translations. But I tend to think, and again, I'm going off of what uh, Bible scholars have, have taught, is that our more modern updated translations are a little bit more accurate than the King James and the New King James. And uh, I really want to get as close to the original as possible. Now, let's think about daily Bible reading. And I hope that this is what you take from here, is that you will be encouraged to read your Bible daily. But uh, Well, before I go any further, let me encourage you to do this. You maybe already do this. Most of you probably already do this. Bring your Bible to church. <laughs> Bring your Bible to church. Now, I have a device in my pocket that I have many, many, many translations of the Bible, and I often use that, and that's fine if that's what you prefer, but I would encourage you to, take, to bring a printed copy of God's Word that you will hold in your hands and look at the words. Here's why. I think, and again, we're dealing with my opinion here, and yours may differ, and that's fine, but I think you'll be less distracted and more thoughtful about what God is saying to you if you'll pay attention to the words on the page. Now, I'm not, not to suggest that I don't get my electronic device out and look at the Bible on there sometimes when I'm at a meeting or, or somewhere else uh, for the text of God's Word. I'm grateful to have it in my pocket. What an incredible blessing. But I would encourage you from week to week as you come to church, bring your copy of God's Word with you. Okay, so daily Bible reading. I think it will help you in your daily Bible reading. That's for one thing, to, to be connected with the Bible that you're reading from. So these are my suggestions. I'm not going to be dogmatic about any one of these ideas. Again, these are ideas, and there are lots of ideas about how to read your Bible daily. But these are just my suggestions. So let's start with something really simple, and then I'll move on to some things that are a little more comprehensive or a little more complex. And note that I'm not starting with a Bible reading plan. I'm not, I'm not starting with a Bible reading plan. Here's what I want you to think about. I want you to be devoted to reading God's Word. And even if you will devote yourself to read God's Word every day, I don't think you necessarily have to have a plan to do that. And here's a really simple way to start this. And this could be good for your whole family. If you happen to have family in your household with you, this could be really good for your whole family. Begin here. Read a portion of the Bible after your evening meal. Read a portion of the Bible after your evening meal. Uh, Or your breakfast. Some people I've heard of do it at breakfast time. They'll gather at breakfast, eat together, read the Bible after breakfast or before breakfast. Start with prayer. If you start your meal with prayer, you started with prayer. Eat your meal. You don't even have to clear the table. Get your Bible out. And here's what I would suggest. Start in the New Testament and pick a short book, something you can finish in a, in a few days, and read it every night after you eat dinner together. And here's another idea. You could, this is a wonderful thing for a, a, a man to lead his family in, uh, but... 
You don't have to be the old, only one reading, gentlemen. You uh, pass the responsibility around the table. Here's what we've done before is we take turns. We'll, we'll take a chapter and we'll look at the, uh, the number of verses and then Carolyn will divide it for me because I can't do math. And then we'll divide up the number of verses. We'll all read like 10 verses or 8 verses or 6 verses or whatever it is or 11 and 10. Um, so pick a New Testament book and devote yourself to reading together as a family. In fact, this doesn't take very long. Reading one chapter, often the chapters are short. Sometimes they're longer, but it still doesn't take very long. And I would encourage you to begin with this because it will help your whole family to see the importance of reading God's Word, number one, to understand that we believe God's Word, number two, to believe that God's Word is true, number three, and then just to build that habit of reading God's Word together is a, I think it'll be a real blessing to your family. So devote yourself to reading God's Word and start, you can start at a mealtime or breakfast, lunch, or supper, whatever's convenient for you. Now, I will tell you that we're, we're doing this. We haven't always done this in our in our family time with all of our kids at home. We didn't always do this. It's sometimes a little bit tougher when you've got babies and things. But in recent years, we've been really enjoying this, and it's a helpful thing. Uh, often on a Sunday, we won't do this because we've been in church together on a Wednesday night. We're off to prayer meeting, and we won't do this. But on the other nights of the week, we're reading, and we've picked off a lot of the New Testament books. And so I would encourage you to think about that. You don't really need a plan for that. Keep a list of the books that you've read and the chapters that you've read. I actually have an app on my phone that does it for me. So I go, what's next? And I check the, the chapter and then we read it. And then the next time I come back and I can see all the books that we've read together. And this is really encouraging. It'll help you devote yourself to reading God's word. Now, let me help you think about personal Bible reading. That was reading together the Bible as a family. Let me help you think about personal Bible reading time. And this, is, uh, this one is like using a Bible reading plan, but I think it's a bit simpler than using a Bible reading plan. It's one I've heard my brother call just move the bookmark. It's the Bible reading method, just move the bookmark. And you could use the last idea I gave you, pick a book in the Bible that you want to read and read a chapter of it every day and just keep moving the bookmark. Or if you have more time, read three chapters or, or six chapters and just keep moving the bookmark. You may miss an occasional day. That's okay. Just keep moving the bookmark. You must read God's Word. Whatever works for you is the, uh, the idea I'm trying to give you here is, the, is what works for you is what you ought to pursue so that you will devote yourself to reading God's Word every day. So there's the move the bookmark method. Uh, If you're new to reading God's Word, if you've never read through the Bible before, I do not suggest you start at Genesis 1. I don't. I don't. You guys that have read through the Bible before laugh because you know. Uh, But I do suggest start in the New Testament or even start with the Gospel of John. Or if you really want to do something easy, start with Philippians, which we've been studying together. You could do that. Pick a book. Keep track of the books that you've read. Tell God, I want to read all your word. So even if you pick a, a book of the Bible to read a, apart from a plan, keep moving the bookmark and keep reading God's word. Now, here's another idea. You could use a plan. And at the first of the year, I put out some plans that we received and, and they're very good. They take you through the whole Bible in a year. Old Testament, a little bit each day. New Testament, a little bit each day. 
and uh, Psalms and Proverbs, I think, each day. So it gets you all over the Bible, and that's a great way to do it. But here's what I want to encourage you with. If you've never read through the Bible before, if you've never devoted yourself to reading through the Bible every day, grabbing a Bible reading plan and saying, I'm going to read through the Bible this year, can get discouraging fast if you... If you slow down and miss a few days and you feel like you're behind and you're, and you're kind of a slave to the plan, I don't ever want you to feel like you're a slave to the plan. I want you to wholeheartedly devote yourself to reading God's Word. So if you miss a day, and in fact, if you don't have a Bible reading plan and you feel like you want to take a Bible reading plan tonight, it's August. It's not January. The plan says January, but ignore that. Start at January 1, but ignore the dates and just start reading through God's Word. And check off the boxes as you go. Start with prayer and ask God to help you understand His Word. Read the Word. End with prayer and ask God to help you understand and apply His Word to your life. And ask Him even to remind you throughout the day of something you've read from the Word. And so you can use a Bible reading plan. There are also... I don't have a chronological Bible in my hand... But there are chronological Bibles. You know about these? There's a Bible printed this way. And what it is, it's it's printed in the order of the events in time, in history. And so often you'll notice this if you're reading Old Testament books. You'll hear a repeating theme. You think, I read that somewhere else. Uh Uh-huh. You did. And, And often it'll connect those passages and bring those passages together. If you've ever used one, you know it's a valuable tool. A a chronological Bible. You just start at the beginning and again, put the bookmark in, read as far as you can read for today. Tomorrow, pick up where you left off and read through a chronological Bible. It's a wonderful way to experience the Bible. Again, if you've never done that, but maybe you've read through the Bible several times, that would be an incredibly fresh way for, for you to get a fresh start on, again, reading the Bible daily. This Bible is a one-year Bible. Uh, happens to be one that was my dad's and he gave me not too long ago because he was liquidating his library after he retired and this is in the NIV translation and it's of uh, the entire Bible in 365 daily readings and if I open it up to Jan- uh, let's look at February 27 it's got me reading in Leviticus and then Mark's Gospel and Psalm and um, Proverbs and you, it's just one, two... <coughs> Three, four pages would only take you a few minutes. I'll tell you how minutes it would actually take in a little bit. But there's a one-year Bible. If you don't have one of those, you've never heard of that before, that's an idea. Something to freshen up your Bible reading if you want to be freshly encouraged that way. Um, So those are different Bibles. Chronological, uh, one-year Bible reading plan. Uh, The reading plan, of course, the the one-year Bible is a lot like the Bible reading plans that we have out uh, printed out there for you now let's say you want to go a little deeper and you say well I, I love to read God's word but I want to go a little deeper I want to pause before I go further and just say I want to be sure that you hear me emphasizing the importance of simply reading the Bible for yourself how important it is I'm, I'm grateful when I hear somebody say I want to do a Bible study or I want to go deeper Let's make sure we begin with a devotion to reading the Bible. It's it's great and it's fine, and I'm not going to discourage you from studying the Bible. But don't study the Bible to the neglect of actually reading the Bible. 
Because there is power from reading the Bible. God promises His power in you. Him helping you understand His Word. Him helping you apply His Word to your life. If you will simply read the Bible and submit to it. I just don't want you to load yourself with with plans to study and get bogged down studying and neglect actually reading the text of the Bible and reading God's Word for yourself. Also, be sure, again, to begin your uh, reading time. Think of this. Devote yourself to the reading of the Word by asking God to help you pray and ask God to help you understand the Word. In fact, you'll be studying the Word as you read it, and as you continue to read it, you'll pick up common threads that go throughout the Bible that tie a lot of truths together from one end of the book to the other. And as you keep reading, God will help you see and understand how these truths apply to your life. So pray and ask for God's help as you read and then read. And then when you're finished, pray and ask for God's help to apply those truths to your life. I think if you would talk to people who have read their Bible many, many, many times through, maybe for decades through. Maybe some of those people have read their Bible more than once a year, two or three times a year. I think if you will talk to them, you will find that they have a a biblical wisdom that is very uncommon, and they have essentially done it without going into a study, a study of God's Word, so to speak. It's not to discourage you from studying, but I do want to challenge you and encourage you to make reading God's Word a priority. I believe that simply repeatedly reading through the Bible and doing that for the rest of your life, devoting yourself to reading God's Word repeatedly, think about it. How many years do you think God might give you? None of us knows. None of us know. But how many years do you think God might give you? You think He might give you 10 more, 20 more, 30 more? Devote those years to reading through the Bible again and again and again. And as I'm convinced that if you will repeatedly read God's Word and humble yourself before God's Word, praying, asking for Him to convict you with the Word and grow you and grow your thinking with the Word, He will do it. It's what He wants. He will do it. And so I want you to devote yourself to reading the Word. But I do want to give you some resources. So here's some resources And here's a way I would suggest that you could saturate your mind and heart with God's Word. And it's a little different from reading through the whole Bible in a year. You could also take a a one-year Bible reading plan and read it in two years. That's fine. If that's what it takes you, that's fine. I would love for you to do that if if that's what you devote devote yourself to. Here's another idea, and it's not original with me, but, but I would call this the 30x Bible reading method. And and I kind of like this myself sometimes, especially when I'm getting ready to preach, but this would be really good for you. If you really want to get to know a book of the Bible, devote yourself to reading that book 30 times this month. Guess how many days? Well, there's usually 30 days in a month, right? So devote yourself to reading through that book of the Bible. And I would suggest you start in the New Testament. You could use a hybrid version of this. Maybe you want to keep reading a chapter or two in the Old Testament every day but you really want to get to know the New Testament. And this, uh, this would only take you a few years to, to finish this, to actually read through the Bible uh, and maybe begin with the New Testament, reading through a book of the New Testament every day, read that same book for 30 days, you will find things jumping off the page at you after a few days that you didn't notice before or remembering things later that you hadn't thought of before. 
is a wonderful way to saturate your heart and mind with the truth of God's word, that 30X Bible reading method, and get a list. If you get to a longer book that takes, that takes a quite a bit longer, you can divide that longer book in half and read half of it one month and read the other half the next month. Uh, so I would encourage you to think about that Bible reading method. That is a way of studying God's word. You're not sitting down necessarily to, to draw out the truths and to chase every idea, but God will help you apply the word of truth to your heart as you saturate your heart and mind with the truth. He will bless you for reading his word. Now, what about some basic resources? One basic resource, and maybe, you, maybe most of you have one of these, but a, a study Bible is a good resource. A study Bible. And here's mine. Actually, here's two of mine. I've got many, many study Bibles. And I actually use these quite often. Uh, but here's, uh, this one's pretty small, and I don't actually recommend this size unless you have magnifying glasses. Um, I can actually read it with my glasses, so that's good. But it's really tiny print. But this is the MacArthur Study Bible, and it is really good. Uh, you can get this in, in most main translations, English Standard Version. I think you can get it in the King James, or New King James, I think. And you can get it in the New American Standard uh, Bible. I really like a study Bible for this reason. It will help with some more challenging things that you approach in the scriptures. I don't, I don't encourage you to start here. If you've, if you've not been reading the Bible regularly, devote yourself to reading God's word. Think about a study Bible later. Sometimes, yes, you will approach topics or issues that are hard to grasp and understand. You might think this is crazy, but I say keep reading. Keep going. You might hit topics that are like, ah, what, what does that mean or how does that apply? Keep reading. Again, God will bless the reading of his word. Often, the Bible explains the Bible. And you'll get to another portion of the passage that helps you understand what you read later. Or another part of the Bible that helps you understand what you read later. But if you really want to go a little deeper, you're, you're reading every day and you're, you've devoted yourself to reading God's word the rest of your life and you want to go a little bit deeper, a study Bible is a great tool. Uh, the NIV, the Zondervan NIV study Bible is a really good one. The general editor is D.A. Carson, a guy I really respect, a theologian and great Bible teacher. So both of those the NIV Zondervan Study Bible, you can see this is heavy, but there's a lot of really good resources. Things at the beginning of every book that help you understand the setting, the context, and, and why the author was writing to this particular group of people. And um, will often deal with issues in ways that will help you understand. Um, here's something else. I really like this. This is tiny. But here's something, and you might start with something like this before you started with a study Bible. Have you ever heard of Warren Wiersbe's With the Word? I love this. I have given copies of this to many of my kids when they graduate from high school. It is a devotional commentary. It's not, it's not quite as deep as a study Bible would get. Definitely not as deep as a two-volume commentary on the whole Bible would get, or a 12-volume commentary on the Bible, or even more. But Warren Wiersbe... Uh, an incredibly bright individual who, who put together this devotional commentary. And I'll often turn to it sometimes when I have read a, a chapter uh, to my family and, and we might go, oh, that, that was a little strange. What, what, what does that mean? Um, 
two paragraphs on Proverbs 7 right here. Or I could go back to Proverbs 2, which I read tonight. And he just shares briefly what's going on in that passage. And sometimes it's enough illumination to go, oh, oh, I get it. That's helpful. And so a With, with the Word by Warren Wearsby. Again, any of these resources you're interested in, you want help finding, I'm happy to help you find them. I really like this. I don't suggest you sit down and just read through this. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. This should not take the place of reading God's Word. I'll say the same thing about the study Bibles. The notes in the study Bible are man's, man's understanding and application of the text. I'm not going to suggest that they're always right. I'm not going to suggest that Warren Wearsby's always right. Do not read the, the commentary and give it higher authority than God's Word. Give God's Word all the authority it's due. You can find help from biblical scholars who've gone before us, and that's what I'm recommending. If you want to go even deeper in your understanding of God's Word when you meet challenging texts, this two-volume set is one I really like, and it is called the Bible Knowledge Commentary, a New Testament version, and an, or a New Testament volume and an Old Testament volume. And it is a trustworthy commentary. It's very helpful. I find myself often using it. And you can tend to go deeper with things. But again, what I want to suggest is this. Try not to be slowed down with the tools. I want you to read God's Word. You need to devote yourself to reading the Bible. If you find yourself having questions, get a notebook and pause momentarily and write a question down and then get back and keep reading the Bible. And if you have time and you want to go deeper, then you can take those questions and dig a little deeper with some of these resources. And there's a lot more resources where these have come from. But I think you will do well to devote yourself to reading the Bible all the way through and do it again all the way through. Do it for the rest of your life. Commit yourself to it. God will bless you for the reading of his word. Devote yourself even get some resources if you, if you desire. But I hope your real desire is to know God through the reading of his word. Devote yourself to living a life that's conformed to the truth of his word. Submitting yourself to God, saying, not my will be done, but your will be done. Asking for the Lord to convict you when you need to be convicted. Corrected when you need to be corrected. Trained in righteousness when you need to be trained in righteousness. And God will do that. God will bless you richly if you will devote yourself to reading the Bible. Um, one thought I just wanted to suggest here. Um, a study Bible, I don't recommend you bring a study Bible to church. <laughs> you know why? Well, you will tend to get distracted reading your study Bible instead of listening to the sermon. And it sounds selfish as the preacher saying, listen to me, but I'm not saying, I don't want you to hear me saying that. I want you, whether you, I mean, for the rest of your life, you may not be in this church for the rest of your life, and this preacher may not be standing here for the rest of your life. When you hear God's word preached, you ought to honor God by listening to the preaching of his word. Be so devoted to God's word and reading it for yourself that you respect the word when it's proclaimed. So it's one of the reasons I discourage you from bringing a study Bible to church because I know my temptation is to look at the notes and compare it to what the teacher's saying and go, huh, that's different, and just relax. Listen to the preaching of the Word. Ask God to help you understand the text that's in the Bible and apply it to your life. 
the resource of a study Bible is great, but it can be a distraction if you bring it into your Sunday school class or your, uh, your church service to, where you're hearing the preaching of the word. Easy to get distracted. I feel like I've been uh, rapid firing tonight, but I hope you're encouraged and challenged to devote yourself to reading the Bible. And I really do feel like I've just barely scratched the surface of all the resources. But as you can see, there are, there are ways for you to approach the Bible and devoting yourself to reading it daily that are attainable to you. And if you have any questions or want more resources or want help getting any resources that I've talked about, I am happy to help point you to those. Let's, um, let's pray and then we'll sing. Father, we thank you for your word. How powerful and wonderful your word is, how necessary it is, and how desperately we need the truth of your word. Father, your word even tells us your word is perfect and it revives the soul. And that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. God, help us to be wise in your word, wise in the things of the Lord, that we would pursue a knowledge of God that grows us in our faith, that helps us to stand firm in our faith in, in the Lord that helps us to rejoice in the Lord always, that helps us to not worry about anything, but to surrender everything to you with prayer, with thanksgiving. And God, I thank you for the word that you've given us. Help us as a church and help us as individual believers to be devoted to pouring the word into our hearts and minds and then asking for you to change us and submitting to you and seeking to be obedient. And, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.